hello, hello, hello. Welcome once again. Who is it? Yes, that's it. It's Adam Danger once again. This is a episode of Taking a Blitz. Uh, fans, I know it's been a long uh, sabbatical on my end. Uh, I apologize, as you know. Uh, <laughs> it's been a little busy here. We've got uh, a young one who just turned two years old and yada, 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 working from home. So uh, this is kind of a special episode, a special get back episode once again your narrator and friend, Adam Danger. Uh, again, uh, joined by my brother, uh, Joshy Numbers. Joshy, say hello. Hello there, everybody. Good morning, afternoon, evening, twilight, dusk, whenever you decide to listen to this. Um, yeah, hope, hope you're having a good day or evening. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Now, I don't want to bury the lead here, Joshy Numbers. Today, we have a very, very special guest with us today. Uh, you have heard his dulcet tones on uh, on various projects on, uh, I believe, Secret Base is, is where I've seen some great videos, as well as there's this great show. Josh, have you seen? It's called The Card Show with John Boyce. Have you seen this on YouTube? Uh, I, I have not yet, but uh, it, it is definitely on my uh, list of things to go ahead and watch. Go ahead and check it out. Finally, friends, fans, Romans, countrymen, you know our, our special guest from uh, the Shutdown Fullcast. It's Mr. Ryan Nanny. Ryan, say hello. Uh, hi. Do we use the word dulcet for anything other than tones? Like, Is that one of those words that only pairs with that particular noun? I think so. I, I, I was thinking about this myself. Like, you know, what other kind of adjective do we use for, like, the tones of someone's voice other than dulcet? Mm-hmm. Uh, Can yeah. you use it for, like, dulcet jazz? Because you're supposed to say, like, you know, like, it's another term for smooth. So can I start using it for, like, dulcet jazz? Like, <laughs> like my Luther Vandross record, <laughs> that would be, like, dulcet jazz. You can. You can. Oh, you're going to get some looks, though. But from who? Like the person at the uh, the vinyl shop down the street that's like, oh, hey, man, like, mm. that's a little too much for me, brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's buying an album by the National and like a Luther Vandross record. Like there's definitely something going wrong with this guy. Well, look, somebody has to lead lead the way to expand the use of dulcet for to apply to other nouns. And why not? Why not you? Why not be the change? be the change you want to see. Now, let me ask you this, Ryan, when it comes to dulcet, does that have like a commonality with like dulce, like sweet or anything? Like yeah, that? I believe kind so. Etymology? Yeah, yeah I, I suspect that they come from the same Latin Latin root. There's the uh, uh, dulce at decorum s pro patria mori is the is the Latin uh, as we phrase, all know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah, a yeah. commonality. Yes, yeah. since uh, uh, you know the uh, 900s. Uh, yes, fantastic. But yes, dulcet tones. Uh, Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm 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 excited to talk about uh, the NFC, as we sort of said pre-call. Wonderful morning. If you are a fan <laughs> of almost honestly, maybe any team in the NFC East. Including the commanders. I know that sounds strange, but I think from a certain perspective, even a commanders fan is probably like, great, this is this is how we should do this today. I mean, it's kind of their progress, right? Two steps back, one step forward. I mean, you're still taking a step forward. 
right? No one yes. ever like that's kind of like the glass half full part of that uh, euphemism or, or uh, maxim is that you are actually taking a step forward. So there are two things that, that kind of went down, and we'll talk about that in our NFC East portion of this podcast. Uh, Josh Numbers, I think this is the most professional we've ever sounded on taking a blitz, uh, taking a blitz today. But I think that's because you know we have uh, we've got uh, our special guest today. So uh, let's get started. Let's talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. All kind of um, uh, items and what's happened uh, now, Joshy numbers. How how was the Super Bowl for you? Uh, it turned out the way that I thought it was going to be and how I wanted. Sorry, sorry, Ryan, but um, <laughs> yeah, I you know it was it was a pretty good game. I wasn't really expecting uh, you know a pretty entertaining game, but uh, went over to your house for the first half and. Uh, it was, I don't know, it just like felt weird because Jalen Hurts was playing really well in the first half. And then uh, he has that fumble, you know, near the end of the second half. And then I didn't see any of the halftime show. Um, I went to a bar to watch the second half of it. Um, and then I had gone outside to the food truck that was at the bar. And then I got stopped for 10 minutes by this one guy who was just wanting to talk about cars. Um <laughs> And yeah, I as it happens. Portion, yeah, I missed a good portion of like the fourth quarter because this guy was like talking about some Dodge Charger that was in the front. And guys, like I'm not a gearhead. I don't. I, I I drive a Nissan Versa. Like I don't know anything about cars. I'm just a practical guy. Um, and then by the time I ca- I came back in, uh, Kansas City was going on the last drive to go ahead and uh, and win the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, good fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wish I would have uh, seen more in the fourth quarter instead of talking about like it was like that scene in Boogie Nights when Thomas Jane is just talking about the cars to uh, uh, to John C. Riley's character. It was like that, but just like 10 times sadder. <laughs> were they playing? Oh, what a lonely boy. Like while you were while you were sitting there like, oh, no, I'm, I'm trying to get back to this game, sir. Hey, but let me tell you about the Dodge Charger. Did you know about the V8? And you're like, oh, hey, that's cool, man. No, oh, wow. but they were playing like like Megadeth and like Black Label Society afterwards uh, at this bar. So it, it was it was just a strange scene. Um, so it wasn't Eagles know. Bar, is what you're saying? No, it, it was an Eagles Bar. They had like an Eagles clock there, and that was like the only piece of Eagles memorabilia that was there was an Eagles clock. And uh, one guy at the bar was just talking shit about Jake Elliott the whole time. I don't know why. He was just like, fucking hate Jake Elliott, man. And he mentioned David Akers like eight times, uh, at least while I was there. So I don't know how many more times David Akers was referenced while I was talking to the gentleman outside uh, about Dodge Chargers. I mean, it might be more times than actually like David Akers' families talked about him. Um <laughs> regard and then no shame against david acres but uh so it does i didn't realize that you actually went to an eagles bar with an eagles clock that i'm sure said like tempest fugit fly uh you know and i didn't even know we had this uh friends just to dispel any rumors we are recording in uh in san antonio texas so as one might assume this is dallas cowboy country a little bit of like houston texas uh houston texans (laughs) no no, there isn't well, I mean, there's like a sliver. There's like a, a occupied territory. Our, our dad, that's it. Well, there's some other people that are just real, you know, 
smug or that they've, they've come here for work from uh, I-10. Uh, but uh, Ryan, tell me, have you been to any kind of a uh, – now you have this immaculate fans. If you have not seen, if you're not following Celebrity Hot Tub, you have this immaculate, immaculate uh, Eagles. Uh, is it a puffer jacket? It's kind of a coat. Uh, it's not quite a puffer jacket. It's not quite as, as thick as that, but it is like a lined, like sort of letterman style jacket. Yeah. It shows that you're actually part of the team, right? Yes, correct. Yes. You want the world to know. I I have official privileges of, of the member of, (laughs) as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles organization. Yeah. Uh, yes, you get to you get to have lunch with uh, Jim Schwartz any day of the week, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that right. Kind of That's right. That's right. That's right. And David Akers when he shows up. <laughs> Ryan, how was your uh, how was your Super Bowl uh, party atmosphere? Now I know again if you listen to Shutdown, um, you understand that Ryan, that you are a uh, a chef. Right, uh, par excellence. Who, who? I don't know about all that. That's that's putting a lot of pressure. I would not say I'm a chef. No, there. Are I would more say thousands, that, you, but I enjoy cooking. I, uh, you you put a lot of effort one. into your Thanksgivings. I know that. Yes, you, that's is, true. Is, is that? Do you do this a similar on a smaller scale for the Super Bowl, or what's going on here? So I have in the past. I have like done more elaborate things, but I have right now I have a six year old and a one year old. And so the Super Bowl is one of those things where I'm just like, I, I I will get back to that maybe in a few years, but for now I, we keep it very simple over here because we don't like, we haven't gone to a Super Bowl party. I think the last Super Bowl party we went to was the last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl and it was at somebody else's house. So no, we keep it like, pretty simple over here maybe i'll like make a pizza or something like that um try to keep it just like because you know it's one of those things where when you don't have kids you're like super bowl party great it's sunday we can you know have a great time when you do have kids it's like oh man this is just right (laughs) in the middle of all the things that are supposed to be happening so i'm like i think i was uh giving my one-year-old a bath while the Eagles had that last drive of the first half. And so I just like bring the iPad in there and prop it up. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, we're going to get clean. And also we're going to see if the Eagles can score a touchdown here today. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, daddy, I need you to be paying attention to this here. I've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's fine. It's good. I'm doing great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, I I'm kind of in a similar boat. I actually worked during the Super Bowl, uh, but I work from home, so it's kind of like a cheat code there. And um, and we had the game on. Uh, I like still kind of hosting Super Bowl gatherings when it's really just like my in-laws, my wife. Uh, my parents will stop by. Obviously, Joshy Numbers was there. Uh, I don't even remember what I served, Josh. Uh, the grill oh i made the like hot dogs and i made bratwurst raid and and i was like this is kind of like tailgate food mm-hmm. um now uh friends as you know my wife tori the terminator hails from northern iowa so my in-laws moved from northern iowa here uh funnily enough they are more kansas city chiefs fans than they are vikings fans mm-hmm. Tori the terminator my wife is a a big massive huge minnesota vikings fan and once we got married like i i didn't have the heart to tell her like Ooh, kirk cousins <laughs> right? like, she's just figuring that out for herself and i just want to be a supportive partner like i love you tori you're everything to me but kirk cousins but she can say the same thing about dak prescott to me and, and i understand it like i take you know i take full onus of that but my my in-laws in and of themselves are big kansas city chiefs fans and they were not really 
huge football fans, I think, until I entered the picture. I think, you know, my wife played sports, uh, my brother-in-law played sports, and that was just good enough for them. Like, just good Midwestern stock of, like, this is good, and youngsters should play organized athletics, and mm-hmm. this is – this is how America prospers. And, and okay, cool. And so somehow I entered the picture, uh, sports maven that I am, and they're like, oh, Adam, did you watch the football game? They almost talked to me like uh, coming to America where they kicked an oblong <laughs> ball over a giant age. <laughs> Uh, but no, and they're real fans, right? And, and you know, I got, obviously it's like a Cowboys fan and, and whatever. I'm, I'm watching the games. But um, I think it's because we also get on our CBS affiliate here, we get a lot of the uh, Chiefs games, mm-hmm. uh, sure. the, you know, afternoon, as well as like there's something like intrinsically Midwestern about the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They're from Kansas City. It's right in that heartland of uh, Ori- you know, originally a Texas team, though. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now, so. So the, yeah, there, there's some ties that bind, but mm-hmm. you know they're like, oh, we love Patty. Patty's so great. I was like, who's Patty? Like, like <laughs> is this a relative? Like, oh, he's just so good. And and again, I think just that kind of baby face, just real, real baby face that my my in-laws have latched on to. Um, and did you ever experience that, Ryan? Where like there's someone that you know who has really gotten into sports, but like at really late at life, so they don't have a lot of like anxieties or hangups about things. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't, I don't, I can't think of anybody specifically like that. I think because working in in this industry, like you are mostly surrounded by people who have been like in it way too long (laughs) and meeting people who are sort of like new to it is, I guess the the closest thing to this is um, maybe uh, my, my wife likes football, but has sort of like gotten into it more over the years. And so she is not as steeped in sort of like the narrative aspects of it. Like the game she understands fine, but if you, you know, like Kirk Cousins doesn't mean anything to her. Like that's not, that's not a name that triggers any sort of, you know, right. Yeah. Like that doesn't, that's just sort of like, okay, here's the best example of this is that I remember watching, this is like two or three years ago. We were watching something on ESPN. Um, I think during halftime of maybe like uh, uh, the Sunday night game or something like that. And she was like, who is this person screaming on our television? <laughs> and it was Chris Berman. <laughs> and she just like had it's, to me. It's like, I know who Chris Berman is. Like, he's almost a parody of himself at this point. To her, she was just like, I have no context for this man. <laughs> bellowing <laughs> these strange sounds. <laughs> right? Yeah. Who? Why is he going? Whoop! over like that doesn't make any sense is there something yeah. wrong with our our is there something wrong with our speakers right, like do we right, need a new right. sound is bar he, is he having like a very fun stroke right now what's <laughs> happening here yeah antoine walking the dog. like and a lot of his references are from 40 years ago yeah. Which is great because I, it does make you think that maybe you as a viewer is having a stroke because sure. you're like, who is bringing up, uh, you know, who's bringing up the bicentennial or manimal? He's a real manimal. Right. right. Except right. my dad, right? Who, but it, it is fair to say that uh, my father and I, uh, Russell Hazard, um, do live in a time warp. So a lot of our references do tend to be around whether manimal, mm-hmm. uh, misfits of science kind of nbc uh tv in the 80s so uh but again yeah you if you do have um if you do have chris berman on there but he doesn't seem to come out is it do they just kind of keep him for like quarterly events i feel like they do they lock him in some sort of like chamber and then like okay hey we really need to goose the numbers now so i forget how this works now because there was a point where i feel like chris berman retired and then 
I I have this very distinct memory of seeing him on the sideline of a Tennessee UMass football game, and he was he was all decked out in UMass. I don't know if he went to UMass or just like a UMass fan or something, but he like was all about it. Um, and but then I think he like unretired, and so, I don't really understand. He that Jay Leno kind of career path, right? Yeah, like, I guess yeah. you really like, need me, guys. Yeah, he's like. Like what Jeffrey Ross is to Comedy Central, where Comedy yeah. Central's like, oh man, like we got a roast coming up, or like something bad happened, we got to bring out Jeffrey Ross to like make fun of this. Yeah, that's what Chris Berman is like. I mean, oh man, there's this, there's this Kirk Cousin interception that you won't believe, even right. by Kirk Cousin standards, and we got to get Chris Berman to go like, whoop. Like, yes, yes, and times. it's just like just for yeah. three minutes. We only need three minutes of Chris Berman a week. That's it. But maybe like he was so forward thinking that he could see the TikTok generation going like all they want to see is thirty second clips, twenty second clips. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he right. was so far ahead of it, and yeah. you know Keith Olbermann didn't see it. Dan no, Patrick no, didn't everybody see else, it. everybody else was yeah went into like long form road radio and this that and the yes. other. But no, Berman had it. You're right, Berman had it cracked. That's why the kids, that's why the teens love Berman, <laughs> as we all know. It's it's so yeah it's so objectively you know evident um and I mean no one really wants that kind of like Edward R Murrow kind of and do you understand mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, inches mm-hmm. and the flesh that it takes it's like okay like Lord Byron take it easy mm-hmm, like I just mm-hmm. want whoop and I want you to tell me uh, a story giving kind of highlights that really don't encompass what happened in the uh, Baltimore Tennessee Titans game just kind of right. lay it down uh but, yeah so kind of getting back to the the topic there of uh, <laughs> Watching the Super Bowl again, Ryan. I, I apologize. I, I hope I forewarned you that there would be tangents and and totally okay, totally fine. Once again, Tori the Terminator. Right again, I talk about my wife. She's super mild mannered. Again, every kind of uh, positive cliche about the Midwesterners. She's like, Adam, please don't try to show off. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not going to, babe. I'm not going to talk about Cincinnatus, or uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about the Vulgate of Saint Jerome. She's like, just, just keep it to like a minimum. I'm like, all right, babe. She's not going to listen to this, right? Unless I sure. force her to, to listen. Don't, to yeah, and don't do that. You don't, you won't do that. So you know, is is that a bad move? Like when you're on the road trip, and you're like, oh, hey. Uh, now this is actually what happened when we got married. We got married on a Saturday in Northern Iowa. Uh, I can I can say the name. It's called Mason City. Ryan, have you ever heard of Mason City? Two no. hours. No. Good morning. Mason City is the home place of uh, Meredith Wilson, who you okay. know sure. the Music Man, yep. right? Among, among other things. So the Music Man is their claim to fame. That's their yeah. thing. That is their thing. They have a Music Man museum. We had our uh, um, reception. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Those are the words I'm looking for. Uh, at the Music Man museum, and inside they have a conference hall that is decorated like the gym in the Music Man. Right when they're like, oh, we've got to get lunch rolls ready to play. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is where we had our reception, right? And um, that is, you know, that's, that's a magical place. Um, so. You know, the music man is is in their blood. And and I think Tori says that in order to get her uh, degree from high school, from Mason City High, you do have to actually uh, recite and do a a thesis on, you know, the importance of Meredith Wilson uh, and uh, and, you know, turn of the century musicals yeah no it's yeah. it's a real yeah. a real big deal um so again that's kind of where she comes from she's like oh no keep it to him but i say that because we got married so we got married in northern iowa uh saturday and then we were moving back again to san antonio and i don't know if this really puts stress on a 72-hour marriage um but we took the road trip from northern iowa 
down I-35 all the way to San Antonio, and that's like a three-day car trip. And, you know, we're, we're still like, oh, we're married now. We did it. I love you, baby. And, mm-hmm. and that lasts four hours. And you're like, oh, put on whatever you want, my dear. Yes, I'll listen to this, you know, Kelsey Musgraves record again. Mm-hmm. But like, Kelsey thank you. Like, day two, it is like, oh, do you like comedy podcasts? And she's like, uh, I love you. So <laughs> that I introduced, obviously shut down, if not like the Sklar Brothers, Sklar Bro Country, stuff like that. And she's like, who is this man? And why Why are there people like talking about um, Thanksgiving disasters? I'm like, no, this is funny, right? Like, this is funny. And I think at that point, just going down 35, it's so flat through Kansas. She's like, is this what my life is inevitably like? Yeah, hurt yeah. Or it's just kind of a morass of, um, you know, uh, uh, hot takes and uh, weird, bizarre stories. Yeah, I think I think the move, if you want to figure out, like, do we have a road trip podcast that is that is enjoyable and acceptable to both of us? I think the move has to be. If you have a podcast you like, you tell your partner, hey, listen to an episode of this on your own time, as much of it as you can deal with. And then if you like it, because the problem is when they're a captive audience, (laughs) that's what mom says. It's it's hard to get a good it's hard to get a good barometer on things. But like, I think if you just like, hey, go listen to this. And if they come back and they're like, yeah, I didn't get that. That wasn't for me. It's like, cool. I didn't like force you to do it with me in the car have to sort of like you had to sort of pretend like you were game for it like it gives everybody space to say like nope this is too weird i don't like this <laughs> and i think i think part of the things that hurts is obviously northern iowa uh we're an iowa family right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's again there's just that futility of like yep. what a great what a great defense but like kirk Ferentz and uh his son was it brian which one yeah, yeah one it's, brian. The, it's the brian. offense, right yeah and and so i'm like again for me as a proud texan uh, college really not affiliate. Like I like TCU. I'm not a big UT guy. Um, you know, ten years ago I got swept up in SEC mania. I feel like when ESPN was pushing ES, uh, SEC, like this is great. This is where right. gladiators right. happen. Right. Like, I got right. swept up in that. And I was like, yeah, only real man. And so again, Josh and <laughs> and I would go drinking at Saturday afternoons and watching, you know, A and M and Bama or LSU or what have you. So I'm always like, oh yeah, football. It means a little something different to me. But when I go to like Big Ten country, right? They're like, this is great. At another wedding we attended, uh, I think Iowa won. It was a Saturday. Um, it was more of like a neo country kind of wedding, right? We're like, uh, you know, uh, uh, fine folks, right? Kind of wearing nice slacks mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh you know suspenders right that kind of deal right with you know you're drinking out of a little uh mason jar kind of deal but like classy not you know we're not talking about jugs here we're talking about something classy and like it, during the reception there these gentlemen uh lifted up their chairs over their head and started screaming i and another one said oh mm-hmm. and another uh, w and a so forth right and so that kind of energy right where i feel maybe that's the only proper um release of emotion right that that they can communicate is just right. through like girl, uh spelling of their of their four letter state uh, so again, so I'm like, Tori, yeah, these, they're really funny. They talk about, you know, uh, college football, but so sometimes they talk about robots like Hitchbot or, you know, the, if they have the anaconda plan, but via the SEC and she's like, okay. 
And so by day three, she just had her head. She just was like, hey, I love you, but we're just going to be in separate worlds. And that's fine. And I think that's I, I, I will I, say, again, yeah. I don't. I was going to say just, you know, Tori has come around to it. So when there are these special episodes, like, uh, again, most recently when we had the kind of the, was it near romantic disasters? Yeah, yeah. Uh, ro- ro- about two uh, unexpected romance or, or, successes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she gets asked because oh I love this and you know I love this show. Uh, or, uh, love is is a very strong term. She she tolerates and finds. Herself. I think it wins her <laughs> over a little bit. She's like, sure. and then she I look at her. I'm like, I see that smirk. I see that look of amusement. And uh, she's like, no, leave me alone. So uh, I think that's a, that, that's a that's a perfectly healthy way to interact with the full cast right? for what it's worth. Yeah, I I think so. I I, I appreciate it. Again, I, I hope this doesn't turn out to be one big commercial for the shutdown forecast, which you can find <laughs> on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, as well as uh, as any kind of streaming platform. Uh, far be it from me to to really kind of espouse such things. Uh, but yeah, other than that, Super Bowl party, I was working. Um, I don't want to give away like where I work, but let's just say that like. Um, if the Super Bowl had any kind of issues in terms of like being broadcast, I would be directly affected by this. And so it's kind of like sitting in mission control, just like, let's just land that rocket, baby. Like we, we <laughs> went around the moon. Let's just land it. Let's make sure all the astronauts are healthy and like waving at the end of it. Right. So it kind of takes some of the fun out of the game because you're just like, let's just get down to zero. Like once we get down to triple zero. It's over. Like our work right. is kind of done. We right. high five, and we're working from home, right? So it's not like we have that kind of anxiety of like, I, I do kind of see us like in our little glasses and little vests, being like, uh, and you know, buzz cuts, kind of saying like, all right, let's let's just land this bird. Um, so it does take some of the fun out of it. Now, Ryan, um, you mentioned that the last Super Bowl party that you went to, uh, sensibly was the one with the Eagles and the Patriots. Is that right? Yes, the one where Nick Foles proved that he's a better quarterback than Tom Brady. That one. I mean, yes, I think that was uh, <laughs> unassailable. Well, uh, for a, a place that I work at, but I'll, I'll I'll give it away. Adam works for Quibi. Yes, that's it. <laughs> I'm still getting paychecks from Quibi. Uh, thank you. Yes, I I'm, I don't know why I was so ashamed to mention Quibi there. Uh, but yeah, so again, there's just that kind of part existential dread. Um, of of like just please don't let anything happen just right. like let, right. let the game finish and um and so yeah and then towards the end right when it's kind of coming down to uh i love that thing i feel like it's pretty recent past 15 years of like don't score the touchdown get right down at the one yeah. and then waste yeah. some time uh again tori the terminator looks at me she's like wait why are they doing that just go for the touchdown i was like oh babe you don't understand oh okay that's spending <laughs> time and uh and she's like okay thanks a lot there berman yeah <laughs> uh, the eagles 100 percent when they saw that happening they should have before letting uh that player go to the ground they should have picked him up and just heaved him into the end zone they should have there's like, no rule against it no there's not like you cannot obviously the eagles uh live live by the rule that you can push your own player you cannot pick up your own player and the nfl does have rules about that like you can't pick another player up or put them on your shoulders or you know Suplex carry them or heave them or whatever but obviously you can pick up if you're a defender, you can pick up an offensive player. Like it, it happens frequently. So there is no rule that suggests that you couldn't pick him up as he's at the one before he goes down 
and just toss them into the end zone. They push their, I mean, they they push their own fans sometimes. So why not go ahead and push an opposing player? Just just, just logical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more, more influence from college, more USC influence into the modern NFL by pushing other players Mm -hmm. uh, as, as we know. Um, But yeah, it was, uh, and then once it came down to the kick, I was like, I, I think that's it. I think that's it. Obviously, I think yes. the Eagles had two, uh, one more drive of like two plays, right? Maybe was it one, two, three seconds left? Yeah, it was maybe two plays, if that. Yeah, uh, but, but effectively done. Yes. How, now, how are you feeling? Once, because we had a doink, right? We did have a, a field In goal. In the first that half, there was a doink. Yeah. So, are you thinking like, okay, can we get two doinks? Is there a double doink? Is this one no, no, not at that point. I mean, just like, yeah, you. you that's that's stretching credulity and I don't know so much of what was happening in the second half, at least when the chiefs had the ball was like, yeah, this is this, you can see where this is going. It, it felt like ultimately I suppose the game was not that surprising because, you know, it's a game with a close spread. It's a game that everybody agrees should be fairly well balanced. And it came down to who could steal possessions and the chiefs, I guess the Eagles stole one. The doink sort of counts as a stolen possession. And the Chiefs stole two. One was the Jalen Hurts fumble run back for TD. And the other one was the the punt return in the second half. That wasn't a touchdown, but I don't know, brought down inside like the 10 or so. Like effectively that becomes a stolen possession as well. Which I I missed as well. I missed that because uh, uh, our two-year-old had to be put to bed. And so mm, yep. that's a whole yep. ritual of like, let's change diaper, let's put on jammies, let's yep. brush them teeth. And I come back, <laughs> I come back downstairs, and I'm like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Like, you're like, not chasing yeah. a score, not other touch. I was like, I told you, this is why bedtimes don't work. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> why is this two year old? He's fine. Like, let mm-hmm. him. This is one of the one days, the one Sunday a year that I think school age children uh, and minors, they can stay up until 10 p.m., 10.30, right? I mean, come yeah. on. It's it's the one time a year that everybody stays up way too late, eats way too much, maybe imbibes just a little too much. And then Monday, they're like, this should really be a federal holiday. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're really tired. But yeah, I, I, I miss that return. There was also, I think, what the Chiefs, they they the Eagles got away. I didn't get it away with it. It was properly called. But like uh, the Chiefs had sacked the receiver, and then he kind of dropped the ball. And they're like, "Oh, it's an incomplete pass." Like you could feel like that's kind of like the momentum. You're like, "Ooh, this is." And then when you have like a hobbled, um, when you've got Patrick Mahomes, and they're just like putting on cybernetic, you know, legs on him, and then he just like stiffly runs like Mickey Mantle, like down. Yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, okay. They're really, they're really putting in the effort. Um, again, as as a as a Cowboys fan that does not like the Philadelphia Eagles, you're like, yeah, yeah. See, Dak Prescott could probably do that um, if if he just uh, applied himself. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I see this is, and of course, I Joshy numbers and I have a text thread with our uncles who are like, see, you know, they're just lucky they didn't play. They're, the Eagles are lucky they didn't have. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we, we would have shown them as frauds and we saw frauds with the ph because obviously you know we're yeah. high intellectuals yeah, yeah. Um, but no it was uh, you know it just kind of came down i now do, would you say it's a little anticlimactic right like okay like some timey-wimey um uh new football kind of like well, let's use the time and then let's get the field goal you know what i mean like it was the most conservative kind of like play calling at the end for kansas city or was it just like quiet resignation of like yes as I understand, as it should be, you know, kind of um, just uh, 
understanding kind of the the denouement of it all, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I suppose it is from from a pure entertainment standpoint. It would be more exciting if Kansas City scores that touchdown immediately when they can, leaves the Eagles with, I think it would have been like, I don't know, like a minute 30 or something like that to try to drive the length of the field to score a touchdown, which at that point would have just sent the game to over. It wouldn't have won the game. Um, And so to get to that point and, and sort of just like watch the clock tick, it's not the most entertaining, but I think taken with the whole of the game, it's probably fine. And, and, and I think I I have a problem. I I have no problem. uh, I should say faulting, Kansas City for that decision because especially Andy Reid like Andy Reid has been so maligned <laughs> throughout his career for like bad clock management bad let, right. late game decision making and if you screw that up if you if you score too quick and Philly does get the ball back and they can extend the game or if they decide to go for two and win the game whatever if you mess that up like nobody's gonna be like ah, but it was very entertaining. So thank you for doing that, Andy. <laughs> so so, well, you know, so everybody I can learn. Yeah, yeah at any yeah. age you can grow and learn. Yeah, if anything, that's like a, a positive, you know, about, it's, about it's growing. It's a good older. reminder you, for all of us. Yes. Yeah, we can we can improve. Um, yeah. no, fan fantastic. Now let's just kind of uh, a quick into our next topic about just kind of the NFC East and, and what we're looking at here. Uh, Ryan, what are your feelings kind of going into the off season here as a proud birds fan, as mayor of Birdtown? Uh, obviously I'm from a Cowboys fan. You, you all are at the top of the heap uh, in the entire NFC. Uh, if I may kind of um, uh, laud you as such, uh, you know, what are your kind of thoughts and what do you expect to kind of happen this summer? I mean, for the, for the Eagles, at least it feels like, making the sort of having to make some tactical decisions vis-a-vis the roster that are about, you know, okay, we know we cannot sustain the, this exact core in this exact place for the next three years. So rather than getting to a place where you are, I don't know where the saints are or where the Vikings are, where you're sort of like, wow, we have no flexibility and we have no movement. How can you sort of like gently prepare yourself for that and make some hard choices now so that you don't have to make harder ones later? I don't know what that will actually look like, but you know, and I think some of that may depend on uh, who, who of the veteran players, like who's coming back, who's deciding like, that they actually want to keep giving it a go, whether it's with Philly or not. Um, I do like that the Eagles have both a decent amount of draft capital and a pretty solid recent history of using that draft capital effectively, whether it's just in player selection or it's in moving around within the draft to, uh, you know, getting somebody like AJ Brown ends up being a fantastic transaction for them or just moving uh, so you can get, future draft picks, things like that. So I, I, I feel okay about Philly. I don't think, I, I think it would be foolish to be like, oh, they're going to run it right back exactly like the way that they did. It's hard to say that that will happen when you lose both your coordinators, when you know you're going to have some turnover, when you, you know, it's it's just different. It's just going to be, you know, just in terms of scheduling, they're going to get a different schedule by virtue of, being at the top of the division instead of 
somewhere in the middle to the bottom of it. Like they but you're still going to play the NFC East, so I mean, they, you are there's gonna, a couple of yeah. there's a couple of wins already kind of baked in there. I guess so. I guess that's true, and I uh, like Washington is in there, but like I don't know what to make of Dallas or the Giants at this point. Like I think Dallas and the Giants are the two teams, maybe in the NFL at large, that like you can kind of see whatever you want to see. If you want to look at the Giants and let's take them for example and say like, okay, really good first year under Brian Dable. Put some good pieces, like put some good pieces together. Daniel Jones, like at many points, appeared to be turning the corner. Defense showed a lot of improvement. Like you can, you can make that case. You can also make the case that like they're not close still. They're they would be foolish to throw the kind of money that they may end up throwing at Daniel Jones. That they, you know, um, traded away a great offensive piece to the Chiefs, which ended up helping them significantly. In the in the playoff run and in the Super Bowl, Florida's own Tony, no? Yes, yes, Kadarius Tony, and sort of say like, okay, well, if if you gave him away for a song, like, how did you not make that work? So so, I think Dallas is the same way, maybe with a little bit. I don't know. I'll leave that interpretation to the two of you because you know a lot more about it. But it's like, you could tell me any you could tell me anything about the Giants, for instance, between like they'll win 11 games or they'll lose 11 games next year. And I can see the path for each of those things. They're going to be like one of the only like 11 loss teams. That's like, this is a victorious 11. Loss sure. Team. Like, we really yeah. played hard. Saquon's really just like grinding out there. Uh, Danny dimes. A lot of, I think a lot of the appeal and uh, Josh numbers, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think of like, Brian Dable, as you see, he's more of like, yeah, you just need to want. He's like a Tom Thibodeau kind of coach of like, you just need to want things and desire them. And man, it's it's almost like the secret. But as a football coach, like desire and want things. Like he looks incredibly unhappy on the sidelines. Like I don't think I've seen the man smile. Um, And the Giants are, even though they're they're a division rival, they're sort of my favorite type of football team or any sport team where it's like. Well, we may not be the most talented, but we're going to win on sure grit. And it's like, <laughs> like, yeah, and it worked last year because we would get like a lot of Giants games or, you know, I, I would watch Red Zone or Sunday Ticket and I would put on the Giants. And I was just like, yeah, how is this team like a double digit win team? Like they score like 17 points a game and uh, Daniel Jones is going to throw like a weird interception uh, and their defense is going to give up like a 73 yarder or, or something, but they're just gritty the rest of the way. And you don't understand. And I think, I think Ryan's right. Like you can, you can sell me on the fact that like, yeah, this team's going to be back and they're going to win 11 games because they've all bought into Brian Dayball's system and they got another year under it. Or you could be like, yeah, they were just fucking lucky last year. Right. And, and you know, like, everything just hit right for them to the fact where they won a wild card game on the road. Uh, well, you know, I'll be it against primetime Kirk Cousins, but, you know, still Kirk Cousins just taking a lot of strays uh, in this podcast. Deservedly. Um, deservedly. deservedly so. He's he gets fine. paid. He gets paid a lot of money to, to take a Overthrow lot of from podcasts that he won't listen to. So he's fine. But like the Cowboys are kind of in the same boat too, because 
they had a better season last year than I, I, I thought they would. And considering Dak missed a, a month of the season, I mean, if we were playing in any other division that didn't have Philadelphia, we, we win that division by, you know, two to four games. Um, but also, like, Adam and I are always accustomed to, there's always a season where we win, like, four or five games and things just go, like, everything just goes horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, well, yeah, I don't know why we didn't see this coming. I remember the first uh, the first year that Adam and I had lived together in the same apartment, um, the NFC East was like one of the worst divisions. And I think we won like three games by November. In 2015, um, yeah. Yeah, in 2015. And we were still in the division. Like, yeah. it, it was like coming up on Thanksgiving. You know, it was like, this team is just awful to watch and they can't do anything. And uh, uh, that's the year we ended up getting Zeke and Dak. But like, I'm all yeah. I'm just kind of prepared for this team not to do well. And if you tell me like, yeah, this is going to be one of those years where, you know, nine and eight is going to win the NFC East, I'd be like, yeah, sign me up. This is going to this is going to be horrible to watch for four straight <laughs> months. But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have anything better to do, thankfully. Well, that that was also the year 2015 where again Tony Romo goes down and then we get Brandon Whedon right and Jerry Jones is like you know well um, he's got the uh, prettiest spiral of it and, and Matt Castle and Matt Castle came in I thought oh well hey Matt wow. Castle he's wow. gonna write the ship here uh, didn't happen and I think that's the first time we really got to see Kellen Moore like uh, Boise uh, Boise legend and uh, former offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Um, he was like he's left-handed, but he would just kind of throw like to the sidelines. He wouldn't throw downfield. He'd mm-hmm. be like, "Look, I'm getting I'm getting 40 yards, but I'm just going from one end of the sideline to the other." Like no one ever said they had to be like, you know, a positive yardage. It, it was still yardage, right? Right. right. Um, and I think Tony Romo came back. And, and Josh, I think I remember something that Tony Romo said that year because he was hurt, and then he came back. I want to say the last month of it, and it was like, yeah. if the Cowboys win the last. You know the remaining games on the uh, yeah, schedule. They could make it to the playoffs. And no, it, you know what he did is he retweeted the scene yeah. from Major League where he goes, "What are we going to do? We're going to win the whole effing thing." And Tony Romo like retweeted that. And it was like, mm. guys, we've we've won three games. Like Terrence Williams is our number one receiver, and Terrence Williams shouldn't be anybody's. Uh, number one receiver. I don't even think he's in the league. Well, obviously, anymore. you know, the Dallas yeah. Cowboys, the, the Cowboys take a lot of their management style from Major League uh, and Major League Two. So it, it it would only stand to reason that Tony Romo would kind of echo that kind of sentiment there. But, but not Major League Three back to the minors. That's more for the XFL. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, it's something, right? Everyone's getting a paycheck and that's that's always good. Now, for the Cowboys, uh, it's going to be. Silly because they're obviously cash strapped with Dak Prescott being one of the higher paid quarterbacks in the league, which, you know, you got to kind of pay for for that position. Um, A lot of stuff I listen to. Ryan, I don't know if you know this, but the Dallas Cowboys, I'm sure other teams do kind of have their own uh, in-house podcasts and news and stuff. But it's like listening to to. like North Korean state propaganda where they're like, everything <laughs> is fine. The Cowboys draft better than any other team. Yeah. And they always, you know, they always get the top player on their board. It's always yes. the player. Jerry that Jones is the saw. wisest. Yep. Yeah. He's the yep. wisest. I still listen to it. But then what does that say about me is I still listen to it pretty, 
back and like way into July when they're like, OK, fans, uh, we haven't really started, uh, you know, uh, uh, off season. You know, we're just kind of in the, the doldrums here. But uh, thanks for sticking it out. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, that sixth round corner from, uh, you know, um, nowhere state. state. Yeah, yeah, it, he's gonna be the one that's gonna. He's the he's the game changer. That's yeah. what unlocks the rest of the secondary. Hundred percent. Like, I don't know what that says about me, Ryan. I don't know. I should, probably should have admitted to this to you before you came on the show. But yeah, I do listen to those kind of shows. I'm like, oh yeah, well they're right. Nobody really understands us. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what the Cowboys are talking about now is like, oh, well, do we franchise tag uh, Tony Pollard? I'm like, right. why would you franchise tag um, a running back on onto their second contract? Right? Is that kind of like decisions that they're still thinking of? So if that gives you kind of any kind of insight into the, their inner workings, right? I think you're going to be fine as an Eagles fan because we're trying <laughs> to see if we use the franchise tag on our second uh, running back yeah. uh, who just had a, a pretty devastating injury in the the uh, playoff game against the 49ers. Uh, now, we would be remiss, friends, if we did not bring up uh, some late breaking news uh, as of 2-28-23 regarding the uh, Washington Commanders. Uh, first thing I want to bring up is uh, yesterday it was reported that the Washington Commanders have let go of Carson Wentz, NDSU, a super stud, uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback uh carson wentz uh reactions gentlemen <laughs> um i i honestly i honestly forgot that he was on washington because he uh he started the season and i think he actually ended the season uh and but i i totally forgot until yesterday i was like oh cool Car- carson wentz like i can't wait to see uh I can't wait to see like another team take a shot on him. One of my favorite things to do is um, I like to go on Facebook and like ESPN will post like Carson Wentz release and it'll be a picture of Carson Wentz. Um, And the way to gauge that it's a great post is if you see all the little laughy emojis underneath it. Um, And there were a lot of people going like, well, if Tua can't play next year, like Carson can get us there. Like, yeah, like Carson can be our guy. Like, Carson Wentz is the guy that has been through like seven girlfriends in like eight years. And then the next, the next one's just like, I can fix yeah, him. Yeah, like he doesn't call, but like I can fix him. Like, I, can I can fix him. Yeah. He's there. Yeah. yeah. But, but then like, you know, but then Carson Wentz, you're like, well, yeah, I didn't hear from him for four days. And it was because he was like, he was locked up for like having a gambling ring that was 20 feet away from the police station. And he didn't think of, you know, that anybody would come in and like, it's just Carson Wentz. Like everybody's like for the past couple of seasons, everybody decides like, we're going to just take a chance on this guy. And like this year is going to be no different. I think when you were drafted second overall uh, in the 2015 draft, like shout out to the 2015 draft again, apparently. Um, 2016. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, people are going to take a chance on you, even if you don't deserve it. Uh, and, I like he seems like a really like mild mannered guy, but it was always funny for me to hear like, yeah, man, he doesn't have that locker room. His teammates really don't like him. And he seems like the most like plain vanilla person that you could like ever meet. Well, it's also surprising because like I kind of understood why that didn't work in Philly. Like there's a very specific, obviously city culture, but team culture there as well. But like, you couldn't make it work with the Colts? Yeah. Like, you're, Carson Wentz is this, like, big strapping country boy 
who just wants to hunt ducks and post Instagrams about the hunting of ducks. And it's like, you couldn't make this work in Indiana? How is that? I don't understand. It's, it's, fellas, I think, I think we're, we're kind of circling in on something, and my third eye is just open. Uh, what if he just backs up, um, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, right? And he's like, "Oh, I'm back in the, wow. you know, I'm back in the Midwest here, and it's cold, and I had all my best years in in North Dakota, which uh, I've also learned since being married to my wife actually borders Minnesota, so you know they could it could be a real kind of Fargo situation, that could, that or you're gonna throw the ball. Oh yeah, no, yeah, real good, yeah. I'm just gonna make it go down there. Yeah, you're right, you betcha. You could kind of convince people that like Carson Wentz is like store brand Kirk Cousins and sort of follows this like, oh, came here from Washington because he did really well there. Yeah, let's just go with that. Sure. If that's what you want to hear. It's yeah. but you got to sell I tickets, mean, right? You know, and, oh, yeah. You know, and, and then he's going to take a picture with Babe, the Blue Hawks and things and uh, go to Bemidji. He likes to stay in Bemidji. And like he, <laughs> he will just get like the the uh, state's treasury fund from Minnesota to like pay for him. Right. And, and he'll be a hero. And he'll just he'll say, like, you know, I, I was part of that Super Bowl team that beat the Patriots. Right. And we wore dog masks at the end of it. Mm-hmm, you know, this mm-hmm. was this was all all kinds of fun. Um, what I'm hearing is Carson Wentz. New York Jets backup quarterback Aaron oh, Rodgers. Like I want to see that happen, and I want to like. Don't take that away from Mike. <laughs> Mike White has done too well to lose that job to Carson Wentz. That's uh, not fair. Yeah, I, we were again thanks like, to. No, I was gonna say you can't tell me that hard knocks with like Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz on the same depth chart, like. That wouldn't be just like the most amazing thing to see. Like it's got that real like apocalypse now kind of vibe. Yeah, like, like really just, going like, into the jungle, Aaron man. Rogers just giving him like ayahuasca and being like, "Here, take this." After like Carson Wentz gets benched, and Carson Wentz just being like, "All right," and then just Carson Wentz coming back with like a tie dye T shirt on the next day. I'm not sure Carson Wentz would know how to uh, consume any drug that you did not pack into your lip, frankly. <laughs> Uh, well, Mike, Mike, what I was going to say, uh, again, listening to state-sponsored media, the Cowboys actually drafted him like fifth round, I want to say, because uh, he's from, was it Western Kentucky, the Spiders? Yeah. Or something like that, and they're like, "Oh well, you know, hey, hey, maybe he could give Dak Prescott a run for his money." Again, I'm listening to this stuff in in late June, July, so they're just making stuff up at this point. Uh, so when when he did have that nice run in uh, in New York for the uh, the Jets, it was like, "Oh, hey, see this guy? Maybe they were kind of on." Oh, never mind, never mind. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's it's fine. Um, but yeah, maybe we could see that now. Yeah, now I do want to see a Francis Ford Coppola does like Hard Knocks. Where you know there's these great uh, oh, horror. You're just a you're just a bus driver quarterback oh, sent by gross. And, and if they keep Zach Wilson, like forget it. A quarterback room of Zach Wilson, Carson Wentz, and Aaron Rodgers, like nobody's mom is like, safe. No, like yeah, nobody's mom is safe, and I will be like sitting there with a police hat, sitting next to Fireman Ed. Is he still allowed in the stadium? I think they. They settled on something. He, he was there like last year when they were kind of going on a semi-winning streak, but uh, he wasn't in high regard for, for a couple of seasons. But shout out to Fireman Ed. Yeah, uh, good job. He's really kind of stuck it out through thick and thin with uh, the Jets organization. Um so yeah, good old fireman Ed. Uh, but again, another another news. I'm kind of going back to our original NFC East outlook. Uh, uh, Dan Snyder, 
uh, is under uh, more scrutiny. Is it fair to say, Josh Numbers? I think you can probably say use the word investigation. Uh, there's, there's some argle bargle there uh, with you know reports uh, coming from ESPN, and I want to make sure um, I don't want to get into any kind of litigious issues here. So um, Ryan, if you don't mind, just correct me if where I stumble here. Just say allegedly. Just say allegedly, allegedly over everything, and you'll be fine. Allegedly uh, utilizing the Washington Commanders to kind of allegedly. Um, uh, make personal gains without oversight of a, a board oversight. As I understand it, uh, these, again, are allegations that are still being investigated. Uh, but Dan Snyder, again, allegedly using what I've seen as a uh, the Washington Commanders as a, quote, piggy bank. Uh, is that fair to say, sir? Have I perjured myself? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's 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 say allegedly reports. Uh, are are indicating that and i feel like that's like multiple layers of we're not saying this other people are saying that other people are saying it. sweet this is like old-fashioned muckraking like i heard <laughs> from a source it's like that lady that was uh that attorney that was going after dominion voting that was like my source was go- traveling through time in a semi-conscious state well that's my right. source was that's right not that's conscious right. at all yeah. So uh, uh, one of the things I do want to read, I, I saw this from one Alex Kirshner um, uh, today, and this was just a, a clip from the ESPN story, if I may read it. Uh, the documents obtained by ESPN show that minority partners Robert Rothman, Dwight Shar, and Frederick W. Smith protested the loan after they discovered it in a financial report's fine print. They then started looking closely into the team's finances and found that Schneider was using the team as, quote, personal piggy bank unquote <laughs> including charging the team 4.5 million dollars to put its logo on his private jet they alleged in the arbitration petition filed with the nfl um so yeah charging your own company to allegedly uh, charging your own company to put uh its logo on your jet i mean you're just kind of paying yourself at that point right so, like you're so money working we- for your we hear this as regular people and we think that's outrageous. I bet you NFL owners hear this and they're like, Oh, I know three other guys who do that. <laughs> like, like as much as, as Dan Snyder is just beyond the pale in, in, in multiple ways, ethically, uh, running a football organization, finance, business acumen, whatever it is. I find it very hard to believe that there is anything he has done or been accused of doing that the other NFL owners can sit around and say, like, oh, we don't do that. We definitely we definitely well, I'm sure Mark do Davis that. doesn't do it because he didn't know you could do it. He's like, that's, I could put the Raiders true. on Mark anything. Davis, Mark Davis Mark. is like, I can't afford a private jet. Jeez, guys. <laughs> after no, Mark, sending Mark Derek Carr. He's definitely going to. He's definitely taking funds and putting like flames on the side of his private jet. That's what Mark yeah. allegedly. Yes. This, this, is, yeah. this allegedly. is what we're hearing from our semi-conscious do. state. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That he's putting rad flames. But I mean, to be fair to Mark Davis, right? He's saving so much money on those haircuts, right? So like, yeah. He's that's just personal investment. If you ask me, that's just you know, that's just being wise with your money. Look after the pennies. The pounds will take care of themselves. I think if if you are in the unfortunate position of being a Commanders fan, and I don't recommend that, and I would have said that before I latched onto the Eagles anyway. The good news is all of these things, all of these news stories about Dan Snyder, they all point towards 
they still are in going in the direction of Dan Snyder will not, at some relatively soon point in the future, be own this franchise anymore. Like, I think we have sort of passed, we have crossed that particular Rubicon where for years it felt like here's a bad story about what's going on in Washington, but Dan Snyder will not leave, is it will not be moved, it is just like you're stuck with him. But the tenor of these stories over the last year has really shifted to he like that he will yield and in part because the other owners are just sick of this garbage. They're just sick of it. And and so I think if you do root for Washington, keep the hope alive that like you are still trending towards somebody else who you still may hate and who still may mess this up will own this franchise. It's I mean, kind of like it's it's reminded me of like late career OJ where it was like yeah, he just kind of keeps showing up in the news doing these just like weird things that would get a normal person arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, but like OJ's still walking the streets. And then I remember like, you know, it was my freshman year of college. And I just remember hearing like, yeah, OJ Simpson like gotten like pointed a gun at somebody allegedly um, to get some memorabilia. And like that was the thing that put him in jail. It was like, it's always that like, tax fraud Al Capone kind of story, right? Yeah, it, it was just like stupid. It, it was just like, real, like that's the thing that we're going to go ahead and like get him on. Okay, and you know, like that's what's happening with Dan Snyder. Like every year, well, and not even like every year. It's like twice a year we get a a story or there's an expose about like you know front office turmoil with the commanders and just like the worst things imaginable. And he's still there. And it's just like. I want to say, didn't he intimate that he had like dirt on either Roger Goodell or, you know, uh, NFL execs? And and I I, I just imagine this dirt being like, you know, that photo from that album with um, Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, where like they're like walking out and it looks kind of scandalous. Like, I just assume he has a photo of that, but with like Roger Goodell and and somebody else. And you're like, oh, Yeah, it's Cindy Lauper, right? And just being kind of, it's rather untoward. And that's what he's holding on to. He's like, they're never going to get me. They're never going to get this photo. And what she keeps in like a like kind of brown manila folder like Grandpa has. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm sure, again, I, I can foresee that being maybe a case. But it could be wrong. Again, this is all speculative at this juncture. Now, gentlemen, we're coming towards the end of the show here. And I wanted to play a quick game. If you're up for it, it's called Guess the Passer Rating. Um, in it, uh, again, it, uh, friends, if you listen to our uh, baseball podcast, uh, Josh, what is the name of our baseball podcast? Uh, Dugout Talk. I Dugout believe. Talk. Yes, yeah. exactly. With the seam heads, we play a game called Guess the War, uh, which, again, I just pull up baseballreference.com, and they have different players, and you just guess the war. Well, in this one, we're going to do a guess the passer rating in which I will um, uh, list off some quarterbacks that were drafted recently uh, this past year, and uh, Josh and Ryan will just try to guess the passer rating. Uh, this is not Price is Right rules, so just uh, you know, guess any old number there, and uh, and we'll just see who uh, who wins. Sounds good. good. All right. So uh, I have, and I'll just kind of list off the quarterbacks that I have. Uh, I've got Kenny Pickett. I've got Desmond Ritter. I've got Malik Willis. I've got Matt Corral, Bailey Zappi, Sam Howell, and Brock Purdy. Uh, so I'll start off with at uh, the top of the list, Kenny 
Pickett. So, Ryan, you're our guest today. Go ahead and uh, guess his passer rating hmm. for the season. Again, I you did use. I'm sorry. I should I show a website called StatMuse.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I cannot attest to the veracity or legitimacy of this website, but it you know it was pretty basic colors. They only use like three colors on the whole website, so it was easy to read. Okay, one clarifying question: We're talking about quarterback rating, the thing the NFL has used for a long time, and not ESPN's QBR, which is exactly this okay. is okay. because I could not gotcha. get the QBR. I don't no, think that's I totally fine. For it. Uh, um, let's rating. see, Kenny Pickett. Um, all right, I'm going to work this out in real time a little bit here. So. Kenny Pickett um, threw not a lot of touchdowns, as memory serves, and threw a decent number of interceptions. But his completion percentage, as I recall, wasn't terrible. This feels extremely – I'm going to say Kenny Pickett's quarterback rating was – just give me 80. Let's go with 80. Okay, putting down 80. Joshy numbers. Um, God, I'm gonna go sixty-eight. Ooh. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember Kenny Pickett looking all that great. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna go with with sixty-eight, like very low. All right, fans listening at home, uh, go ahead and get your answers in now. Kenny Pickett's passer rating is. 76.7 so right close to there ryan gets that one closest to it uh but really good that was you guys were were really really sharp there now on to the next one desmond ritter desmond ritter passer reading ryan i i i am like struggling to be like what did desmond ritter even do this season like my memories are limited at best um I'm sure I would have made you work this hard. I, I no, it's I fine. Did. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so there's all right. So I'm trying to work this out as well. So less of a sample size here, which I think means his rating's going to skew one of two. I think it's going to skew either high or low because there's just not that much of a body body of work to go with. The Falcons stink, so I will say low, and I will say Desmond Ritter's quarterback rating was uh, 65. Okay, putting down 65. Uh, now, I did pull up StatMuse. I guess I should do this earlier. So if you want to ask certain questions, uh, clues, if you will, uh, but I don't want to betray the, the answer there. Or mm-hmm. we could just, again, wildly shoot in the dark. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, which is mainly what's more fun about this. But uh, uh, Josh, numbers, what do you think? Desmond Ritter. Um, I don't remember seeing him too much for the Falcons. Then again, I didn't have much incentive to watch that team. I'm going to go with 52. 52. Okay. Fans, get your answers at home. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I had played four games, uh, completed a, a completion rate of 73 out of 115 attempts, and that was an 86.4 passer rating. Wow. Wow. 86.4. How many picks did he throw? Uh, let's see. Interception is zero. Okay. But okay. I'm sure he was just maybe rolling out or just hitting, like, the safe, you know. Right. Uh 
you know, running back or, or a tight end or something. Okay. But, okay. Uh, 80 again, com- 73 completions over four games uh, for 708 yards. So, wow. You know, yards per game, 177. So, and I don't know what the stat, it says S C K Y, but I don't know if that's like referring to the band C K Y. So I don't even want to, I don't even <laughs> yeah. want to uh, chance it there. All right. Next on our list, let me pull up Malik Willis. Oh God. Uh, Ryan, tell tell the fans what you remember about old Malik Willis in the, I mean, in not, the college not. days. Of- oh, oh uh, Malik Willis as a college quarterback. Um, so Malik Willis had a nice little career at Liberty. Um, I think, you know, so frequently when you play for. Was that Hugh Freeze Liberty? Or? That was Hugh Freeze Liberty. <laughs> and the Freezes. Yeah. Um, I don't, by virtue of like, you know, Liberty and Malik Willis both. They they won some games. They beat some teams that they, you know, you would say like, oh, they beat like Syracuse or something like that or Virginia Tech. And frequently you get to the end of the season, you'd be like, oh, well, those weren't good teams. Like that was sort of the takeaway. <laughs> his numbers were never, his passing numbers at least were never like crazy or anything like that. They certainly weren't bad, but it wasn't a matter of like, Oh, he's rewriting the record book. Um, And a lot of it was, uh, especially at Liberty, that he was an extremely effective running quarterback. Like, I don't, he probably had, maybe he had a thousand yard season as a rusher at least once there. Um, All that to say that when he went, he was, I think, a third round pick by the Titans. It was sort of like, yeah, that feels right. Like, he's not super tall or anything. He doesn't necessarily. He's not like eye popping physically, but he's he's athletic and he, you know, had a decent amount of experience and third round felt like a good place for him to go. Uh, fast forward to where the Titans were at the end of the season fighting for their lives after <laughs> starting seven and three, losing yeah. six straight and then having to play on the road in Jacksonville for a winner. Winner gets into the playoff. Loser doesn't. Do either of you remember who the starting quarterback was? Ryan Tannehill was out hurt. Do you remember who the starting quarterback was for that game? No, I, I, I didn't watch that game because I believe I was at I was at a Spurs game, so no, I don't remember who started that game. I mean, if it, and it was, this was against Trevor Lawrence and the AEW uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, is that correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna assume it was it was probably Brock Lesnar. Or you know, uh, <laughs> Randy Orton, you know, in the kind of an inter of uh, or Jeff Jarrett, it could have been a, Jeff a Jarrett, cross, yeah, crossover event, yeah, a cross uh, promotion event. No, I do not recall who the quarterback was. That would have been more exciting. It was Josh Dobbs. Oh, oh my god! Tennessee's uh, own, no? Uh, yes, that's correct. Aerospace engineer, if I remember correctly. That's correct. Um, yeah, Josh Dobbs, that's former right. Steeler. Mentioning that. Yeah. Um, that was not because like there were some there was some speculation that like because Josh Dobbs I think also played the week before that too, which they obviously lost and there was like well maybe they're like keeping Malik Willis healthy for the last game, uh, that was not the case. Malik Willis did not have a a, a great year as uh, a Titan and has not done much I think based on. Uh, Again, extremely limited sample size, really only had meaningful playing time in, I don't know, two or three games, but just did not did not do anything that made you look like he had it. So this is all a very long way of saying that while I was very off on Desmond Ritter, I feel very comfortable going low 
on Malik Willis, and I will say his quarterback rating was 52. Okay, putting down 52. Joshy numbers. Uh, I'm going to go even lower because yes. if I recall, if I recall, I don't think he threw for a touchdown all year. I don't um, remember one, so yeah. I can say no, that that is correct. I remember uh, there was uh, one of the worst games that I'd ever seen was, it was a Sunday night game against Kansas City, um, and they had him on the ropes, and uh, and just like Malik Willis couldn't do anything, and it was like one of the saddest fourth quarters that I've ever seen. Um I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 49 okay. on Malik Willis. Okay. 49, and then Ryan, I just want to. You said 52, is that correct? 52 is what. 52, yeah. 49. Yeah. Okay, friends. Uh, get your answers in at home because Malik Willis, who had eight games played with 61 attempts and 31 completions, zero <laughs> touchdowns, three interceptions, had a passer rating of 42.8. Oof. Oh, Oof. 2.8. Oof. Right. We're close to being done here. But Malik Willis, you still got it. Uh, you know, just just keep working, uh, showing up, being gritty. Um, all right. Our next player that was drafted, I kind of remember the draft buzz around this one, was Matt Corral. Matt Corral. Um, uh, I'll just kind of throw it to you, Ryan. Uh, Matt Corral, what do you think his passer rating for this year was? Now, he did play two games. Yeah, this is another this is another one of like bad team. Um I think by the time he was playing, he would have been he would have been in there after they had traded Christian McCaffrey if memory serves. And maybe God. after um uh Baker yeah, after Baker. I think that's right. Yeah. Um. Can you can you tell me how many how many passes he threw? Um. I don't need to know completions, just attempts. Uh, the answer is zero. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I feel I've spoiled this game, and I have to assume his passer rating does not exist. Um. I could tell you the other numbers if you'd like to hear them. They're all the same. <laughs> How can he? How can he be in two games and everything be at zero? Was he just, just handing off? Was he just handing off or coming in to kneel down, or was he victory was he formation? Holding, was he holding the kick, and that's why he's listed as in the game? I don't know. Um, Ryan, I'm going to tell you, like, there's only two colors on this website: a uh, light blue and a white. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a little black there again. So uh, I, I apologize that there's not as much kind of. Um, you know, uh, legitimate details to this. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, you were right. Uh, Matt Corral, zero. So, um, you know, no sweat. Hey, man. Uh, we'll, Nowhere we'll to go but up. Yeah, right? Like, or it could get worse, right? But mm-hmm. let's, not, let's not do that. All right, let's get to someone a little more fun. Uh, Bailey Zappy, the Zap Gun himself uh, for the New England Patriots. Um, now, Ryan, since you had the, the last one there and you took that, I'm going to give it to Josh here. Okay. Josh, Bailey Zappy. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to say it was it was fairly high. Um, I went to Vegas the week before uh, Halloween. 
and that was when Zappy Mania was running wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I put I put a decent amount of money for Bailey Zappy to win uh, Rookie of the Year or Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, that did not happen, and I will never see that money again. Um, God, I am gonna go ahead and say. Can I ask for his touchdown to interception ratio, or is that giving away too much? Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know if it has touchdown to interception ratio, but I can tell you that he had five touchdowns and he had three interceptions. So five oh. to three. Those numbers aren't aren't as good as I remember. So no wonder I didn't hit on that bet. Um, I'm gonna go like eighty-two. Eighty-two. Marking it down here. Jason Witten's number. All right, Ryan. Bailey Zap Gun. You're right about the touchdown interception, but there was still something to this period where Bailey Zappi looked to be the savior of the Patriots. He had that dog in him. Yeah. I'm going to say it's – I'm going to go higher than this. I'm going to say – I'm going to say 91. 91. Yeah. Now, a little known fact about Bailey Zappi is, uh, Josh, Josh, I don't know if you heard this, but he actually, his family owns the Zapps line of chips. <laughs> that those, is uh, kettle chips. <laughs> Zapps chips. But, you know, he had to change it to Zappi, right, when, when they immigrated to America. So That's right. it's just Zapps there. But uh, Bailey Zappi, passer rating with a completion of 65 on 92 attempts is a passer rating of 100.9. Mm. 100.9. Nine. So I think when he Not was just kind of, he's probably going like between the twenties, right? Like he's just marching down the field, marching down the field. And then, uh, as you know, Joshua, your favorite uh, coordinator, Matt Patricia was calling the offense. So <laughs> please, please don't say that. I'll, I'll have <laughs> friends and coworkers listening. They can't, they can't you know, know that. He I always has that pencil Patricia. in his hat. Right. So like, you know, that he's like devising something like, you know, he's kind of got that. Um, yeah, he's like an architect. Yeah. He no, was he trans- it, engineer. I think he, he looked I think... more. He looked more like like Mike Tice had this look too. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember former Vikings coach Mike Tice, where they both had the pencil behind the ear, but they just looked like butchers. Like yeah, Mike Mike Tice that? definitely looked like he was about to take your sandwich order. To be clear, yeah, he was he was just like all right. So but uh, he's know, a sandwich push, artist. He's yeah, a sandwich yes, that's right. That's right. Push the capicola. It's gonna go bad. <laughs> all right, we're, we've got two more left. Our, our second to last penultimate is one Sam Howell. Sam Howell. So Ryan, uh, we got Sam Howell of the uh, Washington Commodores. So uh, what, what, what say you? What questions are you? Do you need any hints on Sam Howell? All right. The, the, the only thing I want to ask is not this a is it's not a zero. It's, that's literally it's the only thing. I a non-zero to. number. <sighs> Sam Howell, like, what is the most, what is the most average number I can come up with here? Like the most didn't move the needle in the, Sam Sam Howell was a pretty decent college player. So I don't think like he automatically sucks. 74. 74. All right. Joshy numbers, Sam Howell. Oof. Um, I don't remember him playing all too much. I do remember 
he he kind of I don't I wouldn't say he took it to the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys took it to themselves, but um, Sam they definitely Howell received definitely, it. Sam Howell definitely like he was the type of guy that was like kicking you in the face when everybody else is dogpiling you. Um, Which is you know, the most courageous thing you can do in, in a kind of a scrap, right? Like absolutely, is, is absolutely. let everyone else do the work. You get the kicks to the face, and, and you still feel like a big man. I am gonna go. Sam Howell, oh, shit, like 84? 84. Okay, fans, get your answers in. Because Sam Howell, who played one game and had 19 attempts and 11 completions uh, with one touchdown, one interception, 83 passer rating. Yeah! Wow. All right. Now it all comes down to this. Let me pull See, the commanders are going to be fine. They're yeah, they're going to be fine. Yeah, they're going to – that's all they need is one touchdown, one interception. Like, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Snyder giveth and Dan Snyder taketh away. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, uh, this last person is actually, again, in our family, was was a minor celebrity. Uh, even though they attended Iowa State, the fact that they were from Iowa uh, was a real big deal, especially going into the playoffs. It was like, look, look what an Iowan can do when they're kind of uh, thrust in the the jaws of adversity. Look how they can bloom. And this is one Brock Purdy, uh, Brock Purdy. So, um, Ryan, uh, this is our last one here. Brock Purdy, uh, Purdy mania just kind of blew up. Mr. Irrelevant, is, is, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, right? Yeah. So, Again, I think just feeds into more of that lore of like Iowans. They they really counted us out. Oh, and then look how we had corn power to yeah. overcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, who is the high? What's the highest quarterback rating we've listed so far? Highest rating so far is Bailey Zap Gun Zappy Zap Chips at one hundred point nine. Okay, so so Brock Purdy has to be higher than that. Uh, Brock Purdy also, while he oh, I think played very well and did a great job that's an offense designed to like i think in some ways pad your quarterback rating because between kittle and cmc and a handful of like the receiver like the Debo. yeah like there are so many you can see so many plays where it's like oh this was a 40 yard gain eight of it was in the air and the rest <laughs> of it was a run yeah. or it was a throw behind the line or something like that but that is for purposes the of this, for purposes of this that doesn't matter yeah um i'm going to say i'm going to say Brock Purdy had a 110 quarterback 110 rating 10 quarterback rating Joshy numbers oh uh, god this one's difficult um i'm going to go so 104. 104. Oh, boy. I gotta do some math now. Okay. Um, games played. Nine games played yep. with 170 attempts and completed 114. Uh, 13 touchdowns to four interceptions. The rate was, the passing rating was 107.3. So I think 
I think Ryan, you get this one by being uh, two point seven. Wow, <laughs> you have to actually do math here. Two point seven. Yeah. Uh, really, really close. Uh, good for you, Brock Purdy. Uh, Ryan and Josh, thank you so much for playing. Uh, guess the uh, hastily constructed uh, game of uh, guess the passer rating. Um, fans, I think this is it. I think we have come to the end of our show. Uh, Ryan, what say you? Uh, uh, how do you feel about being on Taking a Blitz? I think it went great. I think, you know what? I give us a collective quarterback rating of 300. I know that's not how that number works, but that's what I'm giving us anyway. Well, I'll take it. I I definitely take it. Uh, Ryan, where can they find folks, you know, the dozens of people that listen to this? Where can they find you and uh, where can they listen to, again, your uh, dulcet tones? Uh, I'm at Celebrity Hot Tub on Twitter and Instagram, or you can listen to the Shutdown Fullcast, the only college football podcast, which is almost never actually about college football. So please don't be surprised when um, we're going on about uh, turtle years or uh, other other confusing things because we cannot stay on topic. And we, we would apologize, but that implies that we would try to be different, and we won't. Um, Ryan, can I just have – I've got you here. Can I tell you, I think my favorite episode um, uh, that I, I listen to and I go back to a lot is about Hitchbot. It's just sure, about yeah. World Hitchbot. And have you had any any news items come up? Uh, this happened what 2016, right? That sounds uh, right. Yeah. 2016-ish. Now, have there been any updates to Hitchbot? What, did they repair him? Is he part of that new Chat GBT or whatever they're calling? <laughs> it? Did he design that chat thing that that the AI? Now, because a lot of news items are coming out now are saying that how AI is really kind of uh, growing and evolving, maybe getting worse than kind of Skynet kind of ambitions. Mm-hmm. Does that stem from how how your Philadelphians treated uh, Hitchbot. It's entirely so. So I I don't think that's I don't think Philadelphia is is going to be to the thing that leads to the machines rising up and destroying us. I think okay. uh, human hubris will do it, and Philly will be uh, the last stronghold that holds out against Skynet. But I think I have not heard anything new about Hitchbot. If I remember correctly, Hitchbot was Canadian. Like the, the, I he was the European the, or something. Or... So no, he had he had successfully Europe. hitchhiked in <laughs> Europe. I think in like Denmark or some shit like that. Um, and so uh, what I think has happened is if they have built a, a second hitchbot, and and hitchbot maybe they team. have, I, I suspect that. Hitchbot will not be returning to the United States. I think Hitchbot is now like traveling the world, telling everybody how dangerous Americans, specifically people in Philadelphia, are, and how you shouldn't visit there. And it's just a cesspool. That's kind of interesting that like Hitchbot was able to traverse through Europe, something that like uh, uh, Genghis Khan couldn't do, right? Sure, Genghis Khan right. Stopped, and the Golden Horde, he could go through Europe, no problem, right? Everyone was, I think I saw some of the videos, were like, oh, yeah. Hitchbot, oh, this is great, like this is like this sweet kind of humanity touching this spiritual machine and like this is a better tomorrow yeah. and then again it came to the united states and it was kicked and uh punched and thrown by, and I by think a guy in a randall cunningham jersey no less <laughs> <laughs> a shroud of torrent of sorts but uh yes uh again uh, josh numbers any any favorite uh while we've got ryan here any favorite uh uh shutdown moments or again uh, uh anything else that ryan's done um, Thanksgiving disasters, uh, just always welcome. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, so 
Um, hearing about things catching on fire uh, is always amazing. One of my like personal favorites too is, uh, I guess a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, uh, when y'all had Stephen Godfrey on, um, just talking about uh, Marvel films mm-hmm. and how they relate to uh, college football. And then mm-hmm. also um, uh, comparing college football teams to hip hop artists where I forget if it was you or Jason that compared A&M to the Insane Clown Posse. Um, I think that was Jason. <laughs> I think that was Jason. And that was like, is wheelhouse. one of the funniest things that I'd, I'd ever heard where, uh, yeah, I was listening to it at work and I got a lot of stares because I was laughing, but it was also true. In That's retrospect, what... I feel like that comparison was unfair to the Insane Clown Posse, who I think <laughs> yeah, are trying to make people better in ways that A&M is not. Yeah, that's the A&M crazy thing about A&M is like as a gang. people that I went to high school with, right? They had like long hair, shaggy hair and like hemp necklaces. Like, hey, man, showing up. They go to like one semester at A&M and they come back with like crew cuts. Like, yeah, yep. no, I believe everything. Yep. Like, yep. Mathematics is the one true language <laughs> that we can speak with they, the divine. They don't, they don't listen to 311 anymore after that first semester at A&M. Right. So yeah. Like at least at least when you're part of the insane clown posse, you get to wear shorts. So Yeah. yeah. Not those pants you know mom wanted to get me like those uh those boots that they have those riding boots and she's yeah. like oh, if you were to get into a&m i was like i don't know mother i'm gonna attend a small liberal arts college <laughs> and, uh, and do podcasts in my bedroom but friends that is it i don't want to take too much uh more of your time of ryan's time of joshie's number time so i just want to say thank you so much to ryan nanny for being with us today we really appreciate it again please celebrity hot tub listen to the shutdown full cast uh uh also listen to us listen to taking the blitz i think this worked out pretty well today i'll try to make sure that uh, while my two-year-old is currently napping maybe we'll get some more time to record uh, all that being said thank you so much for listening today and uh you know make it uh make it something special have a bailey zappy like um fruition to your endeavors is that is that fair to say yeah that's good all right so long say so long judge numbers so long they sing it 40 different ways Frenchman can't be wrong.